Here is your Radio Theater Channel weekly podcast for download. The RTC still has the very best old-time radio on the live streaming. And if it's music you love, tune in to the RTC Music Channel, where this link and many others are on our website at oldtimeradiolisten.com. Now, here's Jim. Hello, I'm Jim Dolan, your host for this, the RTC Weekly Download. Well, today is a spooky day because we're going to visit the Halls of Fantasy. For the night, the fog came, but that's in 30 minutes' time right now. Turn your lights out. Turn them out, I said. It's time to hear the story, Money, 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 from 1943. Ironized Yeast presents Lights Out. Everybody. It is later than you think. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly, but sincerely, to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Obler. Some call it the root of all evil, and some call it the flower of all good. Ordinary people call it money. That's what our story is about tonight, money. $3,000 worth. But first, Frank Martin. Confidentially, folks, how do you feel these wartime evenings? Too jittery, run down, and tired for any fun? Then, quite possibly, you simply need more vitamin B and iron than you're getting from your food. If so, try ironized yeast tablets. They're the famous two-way tonic that gives you both vitamin B and iron. Thus, when you need them, ironized yeast helps two ways to step up your pep and strength and ambition. Helps you two ways to really enjoy living. And the cost? Just a few pennies a day. Friends, remember that name. It's ironized yeast tablets. And now, lights out. Everybody. Money, I tell you, Tony. That's what's wrong with the world today. Money. What are you talking about? Say, look, Tony. Ain't that the pretty boat? Oh, the devil with the boat. What do you say about money? Why, you said it, money. What was, what was wrong with the world? The people get little money, and then they want more of it. And then they get that, and then they want more. And pretty soon, that's all they think about is money, money, money. Yeah. What do you think about? Money. So what are you talking about? Oh, you, you don't understand, you Tony. You don't understand yourself. All the time you talk, go away, let me alone. No, no, Tony, don't get so. I was only talking. And what you talk don't make no sense. Money is what's wrong with the world. You fool, you're crazy in the head. No, I ain't crazy. All the time on the boat coming here to Frisco from New York, I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking, Axel... For 13 years, you're a sailor, working all the time. And what you got? Nothing. So I say to myself, Axel, why can't it be that when a man works hard, he can have what he wants 
no matter if he ain't got money or not. Oh, you crazy fool. What do you talk about? It's a dough that gets a guy what he wants. Sure, sure. That's the way things are now. But I tell you, it ain't right. A man who works hard with his hands can't have what he wants to have. Yeah? What do you want to have, eh? A farm, Tony. Hmm? A little farm. What do you say? Yeah, a little stock farm someplace. Some nice place like Wisconsin or maybe Minnesota. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I say something funny, maybe. <laughs> farm. By golly, that's funny. <laughs> no, it's not funny. For 13 years I work on the ship. I save my money for farm. I don't like the money. I just want the farm for my wife and my kids. And then... Yeah, I know. Then on the 31, that bank, she's a go bust and you back away your start. They act up. Uh, and I tell you, Tony, it ain't right. I work so hard. No, no, I tell you, you dumb squarehead. All this talk about kicking money out and give a man what he work for. I tell you, that's a bunk. Uh, yeah, but Tony... Money, money, that's what a man needs. All the money he can get is a mitts on. And then he's got the world right by the neck. But I work so hard. So what? It ain't work what make a man rich. It's a break. Yeah, a break. Me, I'm best deep water diver in the whole Pacific. So what? I never get a break, so I'm still eating slop and walking the ducks. Yeah, Tony, that's what I say. All right, Tom, sailors, Dave and move on, move on. No bumming around the docks. Oh, yeah, yeah, officer. We go, we go. That belly. What's that? What's that you said? No, no, officer. He don't say nothing. This is Mr. Tony, officer. He's the best deep water diver in the whole Pacific. Yeah? Well, if he said what I think he did, he's going to do all of his diving in the camp for about 30 days. Now get out of town or I'll run you in. I cut his heart out. Oh, no, 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 Tony, please. Uh, uh, come this way. We, uh, come on, Tony, in here. We'll get the cup of coffee. Oh, that cop is shoving me around. Uh, uh, come on in. I pay. Uh. Ah, it's nice and warm. It's a dump. What do you have, boy? Two cups of coffee. Maybe you like soup. They got nice hot soup. No, we just want coffee, please. And get a letter. Okay, okay. Two coffees coming up. So... Only want dough for us to get a farm, eh, Swenson? Yeah, my wife, uh, she... Who cares about your wife? <laughs> a farm. For 13 years, I worked... Okay, here you are, boys. Nice coffee. <coughs> here. Ten cents, please. Yeah. Ah. Coffee, she's good when you're cold, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy was winning. He don't drink coffee tonight, I bet you. Hmm? What a guy? The guy was winning the sweeping stage. <sighs> the sailor sweeping stage. You know, hear it? Ah, uh, Swenson, what is this guy blowing about? I'm telling you, the sale of sweeping stakes. Everybody's buying a ticket. $3,000 first prize, you betcha. It's in the papers he's winning. Oh, lucky guys. So, who cares? Give me some more coffee. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. no. Wait a minute, mister. Yeah? Uh, this fellow what won. You say his name is in the paper? Yeah, yeah, sure. Here. I got it here. Get my coffee, you. No, no. Uh, wait, Tony. I want to hear. Uh, read it, mister. Okay. It's a winner. First prize is uh, somebody who gave the name of a farmer. Farmer? What's the matter, you Swanson? I, I, Tony, quick. He's sick. Hey, hey, that's my paper. Uh, uh, Tony, come on. Uh, quick, come on. Hey, you crazy squarehead, wait for me. Wait. Wait, you crazy fool, you. What's the matter? Where you go, huh? Uh, uh, Tony, Tony, listen. It's me, me. Me what? What do you say? Farmer. That's the name I give the man when I buy the ticket. Huh? I'm rich, Tony. I can get the farm. You? You mean you, what he's selling there? You? Yeah, yeah, me, Tony. Me. 
I buy sweep take tickets long time ago. I win. <laughs> Me, I win. Uh, you crazy, you crazy in the head. No, no, I tell you, I win. Uh, look. Huh? Uh, farmer. That's me, Tony. Oh, my wife, my kids, they be so happy, so happy. No, 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 wait. They're in the right. I mean, look, at the, give me the number here. Ticket number 6933. You got that number? <laughs> I got it here. I got it, Tony. Here, let me see, huh? <laughs> no, no, please. 13 years. Oh, uh, what's the matter? You ain't gonna hurry. I just want to see. Uh, look. Huh? Six, nine, three, three, three. three. Just like it's in the paper. You, you did the win. Yeah, Tony, I win. Me, oh, my Anna, three thousand dollars. Oh, we wait so long. Three thousand dollars. I quit the sea. I buy a farm. Oh, Tony, my Helga, my kids and me, we're the happiest people in the whole world. Three thousand dollars. I buy the best farm in all Minnesota. Come on, Tony, I go get my money. No, 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 wait. Huh? Uh, don't go now. It's uh, it's a pretty late. Oh, uh, but my money. Oh, but they're going to be close. Yeah. Now you come on. We we'll go down on the dock and see what is the first boat. Oh, sure, sure. So right away tomorrow, quick, when you get to the door for the ticket, you catch a boat home to the wife and the kids. Eh? That'd be good. Eh? Huh? Yeah, 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 Tony. Yeah. And who? Uh, that policeman. I wish you meet him now, eh, Tony? Huh? What's the matter? Why you want cop? Huh? Oh, I show him we ain't no bombs anymore. Oh. Three thousand dollars. This ticket is what. By Jiminy, a man is no boom with three thousand dollars. No. No, you're right there. Oh, you bet your life you ain't. Ah, the water, she looked pretty. Yeah. She's a deep right here. Ah, me, I don't care how deep the water is so long as I'm on top. Thirteen years a sailor, and I can't swim. Yeah, the water, she's so dark and pretty. Swenson. Yeah? Let me look at ticket. Uh, ticket? Swipstakes. By <laughs> a minute, you think maybe she ain't good, Tony? Yeah. I know she's good. Right away, I hear that fella say the farmer in. I know that's me. Here, here Tony, here it is. <laughs> see, it says... Farmer on it. That's me, see? Well, uh, lean over just a little. I cannot quite see. Yeah, sure. You see numbers. It says six, nine... (laughs) Tony! Tony! You! Tony, you what? My knife will shut you up good, eh, Swenson? So, you kind of swim, eh, squarehead? Well, Tony is going to give you a first lesson. There. Oh, Swenson, wait. You forget the sweepstakes ticket. Hmm? Okay, I collect for you, farmer. Three thousand a dollar. Yeah. At last, Tony, she's going to get a break. gentlemen, I know we're all interested in this story of money, but at the same time, I'm sure we're also interested in calming down long enough to make sure that the murder took place quite a distance away from us. While we're making sure of that, supposing we take this time out to consider something very real. Help me? Oh, there just isn't any help for the way I feel. I'm so thin and tired and jittery, I'm disgusted with life. And nothing I've tried has helped me. But, miss, have you tried ironized yeast? You see... 
you may simply need more vitamin B and iron. And they're just what ironized yeast gives you. Well, of course, I've heard about vitamin B and iron, but could they make all that difference? You bet they could, if you need them. Why, when you don't get enough vitamin B from your food, you may lose your appetite, not eat all you need. Or you may not get all of the good out of what you do eat. And when you don't get enough iron from your food, you may be weak and pale. You may feel only half alive. And you say ironized yeast supplies vitamin B and iron both? Yes, ma'am. What's more, it's ironized yeast and its two-way help that's been of such amazing benefit to thousands who only needed more of these substances. Quickly help them gain glorious new pep and strength and pounds they needed. So, if you need more vitamin B and iron, get ironized yeast tablets right away. Start taking them tonight. And now back to our lights out story of money, money, money. I'm a greater guy. Got plenty of dough and I know how to spend it, eh, boys? <laughs> Don't you worry about the bride. Tony is all right, eh? <laughs> sure. Now, now, listen, you, you go home and let me go upstairs, eh? And maybe tomorrow night we'll go have some more fun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Tony's a great guy now, eh? Sure, sure, I'm a great guy. Everybody knows Tony's a great guy. There's. Tony, is that you? What's the matter? You waiting for somebody else? Oh, Tony, I've been waiting for you. Let me help you. Oh, go away. I don't need no help, not oh, me. Tony, Tony, night after night. Go away. Take your hand off of me. <laughs> Great guy, that's me. Spending all your money on three drunken fools. Oh, shut up, you mouth. Oh, careful. Ah, uh, you. Yeah, I told you I don't need no help from nobody. Don't need to take what he want. Shut the door. Yes. Now, come here and give a great guy a kiss. No. Come here, you. No, no, wait, Tony, listen. Don't want to listen to nothing. But, Tony, the man said... Man? What man? The man that was here. He's been here a dozen times since midnight looking for you. Midnight? Who was he? What do you want? Well, he, he acted so funny. What? What do you mean, funny? Well, he, he he spoke so funny, as, as if... As if what? As if... as if his mouth was full of water. You! You try to make a joke of Tony, eh? No, 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 I'm not fooling. Really, I'm not. He, he said... He say something? Yes, that's what I'm trying to tell you. He said, tell him... Well, what? What did he say, eh? Well, I... I could hardly understand him. He, he talked so funny, but I think he said... Tell him... Tell him I was here, and then I think he said... The farmer. No. The farmer? Yes, that was he. Oh, Tony. Tony, what's the matter? What? What he looked like? What's the matter, Tony? What he looked like? Well, he was tall and and, and he looked like a sailor, and, and I think his clothes were wet. <gasps> oh, Tony. That's him again. That's the way he knocked before. No. Oh, Tony, don't stand there staring at the door like that. You're scaring me. Don't do it. You out there, go away. You dead. What? Dead, you hear me, dead. I killed you six months ago today. Oh, I throw you on a water a thousand miles from here. You dead, dead. Tony, no. You scare my wife, but you don't scare me, you farmer. You, I kill you again. No, don't just scare me. Swanson, you go away from that door. I shoot. 
Connie, I don't want to shoot you. I want to shoot him through the door. Connie, get up. Connie! Open up! Open up in there! Open up! Connie, Connie I don't want to kill you. It was him, Connie, him. Come on, open up, police officer! Open up in there! You, you, Swenson, you, you think you got me, eh? You think you got me in the hot seat, eh? No, no, not me, Swenson. You swearhead, you. You forget the fire escape! Oh, listen to me, Cap. You gotta help me. You gotta. Now take it easy, Tony. Take it easy. You. You will get me out, eh? So far out, there ain't a copper in the world can get you. Listen, at midnight tonight, my ship is pulling out to go down through the canal and over the coast of Ireland to go hunting for gold. Gold? You crazy. Watch your tongue. I said gold and gold it is. Only we're going under the sea for it. What? You heard me. Under the sea. A million dollars in gold in the hold of the Tanya, sunk by a sub. The boys are going down there to dive for it. Dive? Yeah. And if you decorate the mahogany in front of me with every cent you got in your pocket, you'll be on board my ship. Ah. <laughs> you hear that, Swenson? You diving for gold. A million dollars. And me, I'm going to be on board. Talk to me, Cap. Yeah, Tony, sit down. Ah, she's getting pretty rough, eh, Cap? Yeah, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Well, I'm listening. While you were sleeping before, the rest of the divers had a meeting. Yeah? Yeah. They looked over the weather reports, and they decided they ain't going to do no more diving. A white-bellied... Wait a minute, Cap. You mean we're going to turn back? What else can I do? Three months out here in the open sea, and when we finally do locate the wreck, every mother's son of them turns chicken on me. So what's the matter you want to talk to me? Because even if you are a no-good rat, you're the best diver of the lot. All right, keep talking. Tony, listen. Under that boy off the starboard is the Tanya, with a million dollars in gold bullion in it. So? Go down and get your hooks in it, whatever you get, half of it's yours. You mean... You mean a half? Sure, you get half, and I'll split the other half of the crew. A million bucks. Yeah, a million bucks. And you'll have half of it. You can do it, Tony. You know you can. Yeah, but the sea, she's getting rougher. Ah, Tony, you've gone down in rougher water. Yeah, but that water, she's a cold half an hour and I'm finished. Hey, at the room with the gold. Who knows where she is? Tony, listen. I know just where that gold is stored. You're not trying to fool me, eh? As God is my judge, I'm telling you the truth. Jake located the room on his last dive yesterday. He told only me about it. So? Don't you see, Tony? Chance of a lifetime. I got enough coal for one more day out here. We turn back, we'll never locate that wreck again with the sea running as she is. Half million dollars in gold for you, Tony, right under your feet. Don't be a fool, man. Take a chance and go down and try to get it. Well, will you do it? Yeah, get away from him. Him? him. Who are you talking about? Who's talking to you? Well, what are you sitting there for? Get me a rig, get the pumps going. Ready, Tony? Yeah, give me the headset. Hey, yeah. Well, what are you standing there for? The helmet? Give me the helmet. Okay, okay. Cap? Yeah? What's the matter, you? Told you to keep the deck clear. Only the men I want. The rest, get below or I don't All die. All right, Tony. You men get below. Every white-bellied one of you. Come on. All right. Hold up the helmet, fella. I want to try out the phone. Hello? 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 Well, answer me. Okay, Tony. I hear you. Okay. Yeah, all right. The valves... <laughs> Okay, I'm ready. Put the helmet on me. Okay. Well, hurry.
hurry up, you mugs. Get them bolts tight. You think I got all day? That's it, Johnny. Okay, okay. Put me over the side and watch that pump where I come up and cut your heart out. Sure, sure, I'm all right. Let me alone. Okay. Down, down, water hard. It came to me, Tony, best diver, 50-50, half a million, half a million. Listen up there. I'm on the bottom, you hear me? Johnny, listen. Captain says hurry up. Squall coming up. Tell the captain if he's taking me up before I give signal, I'll cut his heart out. Shut up and let me alone. Me, Tony, half a million. Captain says gold was inside door A deck. Half a million. Oh, the door, the captain said. <laughs> Me and the cop, 50-50. What did he say, Art? He says to leave him alone. He don't want to talk to nobody. That's no good rat. I was a fool sending him down. He's on the bottom, all right. But what's he doing? Has he found the gold? Has he found the strong room? How long is he going to stay down? Talk to him, Art. Tell him he's got to answer. He's got to. Captain said it'll be right over. Santa Lucia, the gold. Roma full of gold. I'm rich. All the money in the world. Me, Tony, rich, rich. Yeah, all the money you want, eh, Tony? Huh? Oh, who's the talking? Answer me, who's the talking? That's not, Tony. Anything wrong? You up there, I told you I don't want to talk. What's the matter you don't listen to me? What do you mean all the money I want? What do you say that for, huh? I didn't say that, Tony. I've been standing by. Standing by? Oh, wait till I get up there. I show you standing by. Will I get the headset connection with my teeth? I'll uh, fix it so you don't bother me no more. No, no, wait, Tony. The captain said that. So, now, talk a little one, you south face me. I won't hear you. Me, I'll be alone with my gore. No, no, Tony. Not alone. You up there, stop talking to me. Stop, you hear? Stop. I am down here, Tony, with you. Huh? Who? Who say that? I broke a connection. Nobody can talk to me. Nobody, you hear? Nobody can talk to me. I will talk uh, to you, Tony. Uh, so much to talk to you. Oh, it's in my head. That's what it is in my head. Yeah. Not in yeah. your head. Yeah. Look. Look straight ahead. Uh, what are you talking? Schwenson? You know me, Tony. And me in the water almost a year. Oh, no, 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 no. Close to the window in your helmet. Oh. You don't like what you see, eh, Tony? My wife, my children, they wouldn't like it either. Would they, Tony? Go away. Go away. Go away. No. Oh, don't be in a hurry, Tony. We got plenty time. No, no. I worked for 13 years. Go away. You remember, Tony? Thirteen years for farm. No, sir. Go ahead. Now I don't work go ahead, no more. Go ahead. Go I just wait 
for you. You. My hair. My hair. You take me in my wife. I give my life. Now I take a little air. Eh, Tony? Just a little air. Now I take off your helmet and come in with you, Tony. No, no. My friend, I come in. No, no. Captain, don't come in, listen. Go away. Go away. He's there. Is he getting there? Yeah, sure, plenty. No. Everything's okay. Talk to him. Talk to him. He don't answer, just yelling. Signal on the light light. He's signaling us, Captain. Says everything's okay. Wants to be taken up. But he's yelling. He's still yelling. Call him in, quick. How about decompression? No, no, no. There's no time for that. We'll put him in the tank when we get him up here. Something must be wrong. Yelling bloody murder through the phone and signaling okay on the light line. Hurry up, you men. Get him up. Quick. Call him in. Here he comes. He's not there. It's not him. It's something else on his line. Captain, look. His airline. It's been chewed through. By teeth. Through her teeth. But, but what is it? What's tied to the lifeline where he was? It's mother in heaven. It's a bar of gold. Mr. Ober, all I can say is... I suppose it's quite fitting to gulp after a story about the sea, Frank. But before you start asking me if the story is a true one, I'd like to tell you with some excitement about next week's play because it's really a most exciting story. But first, you have your say, Frank Martin. Let me remind you, friends, if you're unattractively thin and jittery, tired and run down, unable to eat and sleep as you should, and if it's only because you're short on vitamin B and iron, then try ironized yeast tablets. They've helped thousands with these deficiencies, They cost but a few pennies a day, and what's more, you don't risk even those few pennies, for ironized yeast is sold on this money-back basis. If you don't quickly begin to eat and sleep better, to gain new pounds to feel much stronger and peppier, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rawway, New Jersey. Now, what about all the excitement next week, Mr. Obler? Well, for that excitement, Frank, we've got news for our friends about the red, white, and blue. I don't mean old glory. I'm talking about those all-important red, white, and blue ration stamps. Well, I'm sure all the folks are well acquainted with the white and blue stamps by now, Mr. Obler, so let's concentrate on the red stamps that went into action yesterday. These are the stamps you use when you buy any of the newly rationed foods. Meat, cheese, butter, oils, and shortening. And here's how your red stamps work. Yesterday, March 29th, the red A stamps became valid. A total of 16 points per person for this week. Yes, but this is very important, Frank, to all of us who like to eat regularly. You don't have to use all of those stamps this week. Your red A stamps are good right all up to the end of April. Yes, and that holds true for the B stamps that become valid next Monday, April 5th. Also the C stamps that you can start using Monday, April 12th. And the red D stamps, effective April 19th. But at the end of April... All the red A, B, C, and D stamps expire, and only the red E stamps will be good. And remember, you can use these points any way you like. You can spend them all on meat, or you can concentrate on meat and butter. In the American way, it's up to you. But don't forget, 
All forms of meat are now rationed. So is canned fish and fish products. But fresh or frozen or smoked fish and fish not in sealed containers are not rationed. Neither is poultry and game. And in the cheese line, cottage cheese, cream cheese, camembert, liederkrons, and several other varieties are not rationed. And whereas all kinds of fats and oils, butter, margarine, lard, shortening, and cooking and salad oils are rationed, salad dressing, mayonnaise, and pure olive oil are not rationed. And now that we've covered the salient points about the new red ration stamp, what about next week's story, Mr. Obler? Well, have you ever thought what would happen if motion pictures could come to life? That is to say, supposing you were watching Hedy Lamar or Bob Taylor, as the case may be, and suddenly they came to life right in your own living room. Mm. You want to know how to do that? <laughs> well, listen in next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, Super Feature. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast, the one and only Ironized Yeast, with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. It is later than you think. Stop. Look. Look ahead. Think now how you're going to care for your white summer shoes so they'll last you longer. And heed this hint. Energine Shoe White will help you get more satisfactory wear from your white shoes. For Energine Shoe White is made with the whitest pigment obtainable, only the very whitest. Gives your shoes a really snowy white appearance. Helps keep them in top-notch wearing condition all the time. And because of its creamy-like texture, Energine Shoe White is easy to use. Spreads easily over your shoes, dries uniformly. For the best of care for the white shoes you wear, remember Energine Shoe White. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Now let's take a break with Bob and Ray and One Fellow's Family. sustaining feature of the Bob and Ray Show to bring you another episode of One Fellow's Family. Today's episode, entitled Dampen the Spirits, taken from book XI, chapter IV, page bottom of 11. It's mid-afternoon as we look in on mother and father. Mother is engaged in peeling potatoes. Father is working on the corn funnel. What are you doing, Benny? Peeling potatoes? Try it. That's a worthy occupation for a rainy day like this. What are you doing there, shucking corn? It should be a very delightful, old-fashioned New England boiled dinner. Why, you're but off But it isn't your... going to be. No, I think you're off your, your rocker. It. No, 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 no New England boiled in. Have you ever seen it rain as steadily and as hard as it's raining today? Oh, I don't know, but those choppers of yours have slipped dreadfully in the last two weeks. Yes. When was the last time you dropped, uh, dropped by Dr. Tyler? Would you care to say that again, Sandy? <laughs> <laughs> well, really, I think uh, so long as you're going to be making that talk next Friday down at the... Down at the uh, lodge, you ought to have your teeth tightened before you get up and make yeah. a fool of yourself. Yeah, so, I've seen rain as swiftly coming as this. You've got a, a nice uh, 
whistling ants there now. Do you never have that before? Well, it is time I see Doctor. No, please, again. please don't talk so much. Not with that ass. I'm going to the door and see if it shows. Oh, boy! Signs oh. Of letting up. It goes right through me when you do that. This still coming down, Penny. Well, it sounded to me like it's three, four feet deep right outside the door. At least. Let me open that again. Yeah. Yeah. We'll need a rowboat to get You know what's happened line. here? I think the rain spout's backed up. The rain spout? Wait a minute. Were you outdoors this morning? Yes. Was that you I saw puttering there where the water's supposed to run off and down the back? Well, I was just banking the rose. Banking bushes. it? I'll bet our cellar is flooded. I bet it is, too, come to think of it. Let me open the cellar door. Oh, yeah. It's a little wine, Father, too. Hey, everything's floating down there. Oh, talk of really dampened spirits. You have been listening to another episode of One Fellow's Family, brought to you as a painfully sustaining feature of the Bob and Ray Show. Today's episode, entitled Dance and Spirits, was taken from Book XI, Chapter IV, page bottom of page 11. Sound by Joe Cavirbo. One Color Family is written and produced by T. Wilson Messer. This is a Messy production. Now it's time to visit the Hall of Fantasy. The Night the Fog Came, 1953. shall descend to the world of the unknown and forbidden, down to the depths where the veil of time is lifted and the supernatural reigns as king. Come with me and listen to the tale of The Night the Fog Came. Ah! Help me! Help me! Ah! It came from my right. We'd better take a look. Come on. We're getting close to the lake. Only this fog. Wait a minute. There. Right there. Let's take a look. I hope he's all right. Throw him over. All right. He's dead. I know. Do you realize how he died? What do you mean? Look at him closer, Hal. His clothes aren't wet. Even his hair isn't wet. But look at the water trickling from his mouth. This man died less than a minute ago on dry land... 200 yards from the lake. And he died by drowning. If the theory of evolution is correct, then there is a connection between the minute organisms which are found to be living in water and life as we know it today. But what connection with us did those things have which came from out of the fog? What connection with human life did those horrible creatures who came from the depths have... And what is their purpose? Why did they suddenly appear and destroy? 
then vanish as suddenly as they had come. I shall tell you as much as I know about it. Listen to the tale of The Night the Fog Came. The first inkling of their existence came to us as we were going through some routine research. I dropped over to the lab to see Hal. Harold Enroth was perhaps one of the foremost men in his field. Our friendship stretched back for many years. I'd been away for a while, and so I dropped in at the lab to see him one morning. Jeff, you old dog, you're a sight for sore eyes. How are things going, Hal? Fine, couldn't be better. How'd you like your vacation? I can't wait till next year. I hated to come back. You know, Jeff, I'm glad you dropped in. I, I have a little problem. Oh? What is it, money? No, not that. Here, I'll show you. Pull those blinds, will you? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's fine. I have a specimen here on the slide. I want you to take a look at it. Go ahead. Turn the projector on. All right. There. What do you think of that? Hmm. I don't know. It looks like some form of water life. But I don't think I've ever seen it before. This has been enlarged a hundred times. There's no use trying to recognize what it is. It's a form of water life completely unknown to us. A new form of life. Where did you get this? It's a specimen of water one of our field researchers took from the westernmost tip of Lake Superior, somewhere near the Wisconsin-Minnesota border. Have you contacted anyone else about it? No. Why not? Well, it's... Come on, come on, don't try to avoid telling me how we know each other too well for all that. All right, all right. Listen to me, Jeff. All right? Everything I say is fact. I've conducted countless tests to discover what I do know about this form of life. That thing is able to reproduce itself. A hydra type? Possibly. That's beside the point right now. What's more important, all trace of the other organisms, organisms in that drop of water has disappeared. Are you serious? Of course I am. And another thing. There was a little mist hovering above what was left of the water. A, a mist? That's what I call it. Something like fog. Well, that's impossible. No, it's not. I know that when the water evaporated, it should have been dispersed into the air. Eventually it was, but not for several hours. Oh, I'm sorry, Hal. I still can't. Here, I'll show you. We have a little of the water left. It's over here in this jar. You can see for yourself. Well, it looks just like ordinary water. I know it does. But believe me when I say it isn't. Now, it'll take just about three minutes. Do you see what's happening? I can't believe my eyes. See that little cloud of misty vapor beginning to form like fog? Yes. What causes it? I wish I knew. Our field men say the conditions up there are getting to be unbearable. The whole area for a hundred square miles is almost covered completely by this fog. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going up there myself. And Jeff, if I send for you, will you join me? Of course. I may need you. I may need everyone I can get. It's begun to prey on my mind, Jeff. Somehow I think there's something in back of this. Something the likes of which the world has never seen. Something evil. <laughs> went up there the afternoon of the morning I had seen him. At first he wrote that the reports had been exaggerated. Then he discovered that all traces of the new form of life had disappeared. He decided to return. I was quite glad to get that letter from Hal. Before he had gone up there, he had been quite worried. The only thing I couldn't understand was what had become of the new water life form. The day before he was to return to the city... 
Jeff, this is Hal. Where are you? I thought you... I had them put me through direct to you, Jeff. I need your assistance. What's the matter? I've already called Arnold Simpson and Jack Racco. They've agreed to come. I need you too, Jeff. Just as soon as you can possibly make it. Don't worry, Hal. I'll be there. Remember, as soon as you can possibly make it. I knew Arnold Simpson, and he and I went up together. The train left Chicago and headed north, and then slightly west over Illinois and Wisconsin. Simpson and I talked it over on our way up there. Hal talked to you before he left, didn't he, Arnold? Yes, he did. I never had enough time to get up to his lab so he could show me what it was, but his words were description enough. Frankly, I'm worried. In what way? Jeff, why should a new form of water life suddenly appear? Why should it destroy everything with which it comes into contact? And why should the mist or the fog appear to be so dense and heavy? I don't know. That's just the trouble. We don't know. Where has this form of life been, or did it just develop? What's its reason for being here? Perhaps we'll find the answers to those questions when we get there, Arnold. Perhaps. But I'm convinced of this much, Jeff. Whatever it is, whatever that fog is hiding, poses a new problem for us. A problem which may be unsolvable. And which could very well destroy the human race. Simpson seemed disinclined to talk, and so we spent the remainder of the trip in silence, both of us lost in our thoughts. We arrived at the town and then hired a car to take us to the little village, where we would find Hal Enroth. The closer we came to our final destination, the darker the sky became, and the air was heavy with a mist which was both damp and clammy. It was an old rickety car, and the roads were little better than the ground on either side of it. The car stopped a few hundred feet from our destination. You gotta walk the rest of the way. You said you'd drive us all the way. Look, mister, I come farther than I was going to in the first place. I ain't no mood to go into the woods up there. If you're gonna go, then you walk in. Jeff, can't you do something? I don't think so. Here's your pay. Thanks. Let's go, Arnold. It could be worse, Arnold. I suppose so. He seemed genuinely afraid. Aren't you? A little. Say, we must be pretty close to the lake. I've never seen the fog this thick. It's un- unnatural. Eventually, we made it up to the house. Hal was there waiting for us and showed us where we would sleep. Through the window, I could see that the fog seemed to be getting thicker. That's a neary, lonely sound. You get used to it after you've been here for a while. Hal, you wrote me that this fog, the new form of life, had disappeared. It had. But two days ago, it suddenly reappeared. And with it, the fog returned. Then there must be a connection between the two. Yes, but what? I haven't any idea. Look, I have to go down to the village for some food. We don't have enough here to feed four of us. Will you come with me, Jeff? Certainly. I'll be right back, Arnold. It's only about a mile away near the lake. Go ahead. That trip made me tired. I think I'll take a nap. The house in which we were staying was on a high level of ground which tapered off on the side facing the lake. It was only three in the afternoon, but it looked almost as dark as late evening... And there was something about that cloudy mist. It was cold and clammy and smelled strongly of the lake. 
I don't see how you were able to stand it up here by yourself. Well, I had a lot of things to interest me. I was all ready to meet you at the station, but then when I got your call, I didn't know what to think. I wish I could understand this, Jeff. The fog disappeared when the water life disappeared. When signs of this strange new form of life showed again, the fog came back. Why? Maybe we can find the answer to that. I hope so. Actually, the sound of that foghorn does get on your nerves. Yes, I can imagine it would. You know, if this were a clear day, you could see the village from here. Oh? Actually, it's just a tiny resort town for fishermen and hunters. And it's located right on the westernmost tip of the lake. Imagine it must... Ah! Help it! Help it! Ah! It came from our right. We'd better take a look. Come on. We're getting close to the lake. If only this fog... Wait a minute. There. Right there. Let's take a look. I hope he's all right. All right. Roll him over. Okay. He's dead. I know. But do you realize how he died? What do you mean? Look at him closer, Hal. His clothes aren't wet. Even his hair isn't wet. But look at the water trickling from his mouth. This man died less than a minute ago on dry land. 200 yards from the lake. And he died by drowning. That's not possible. Are you sure he drowned? There must be a doctor down at the village. Let's take him down there and see what the doctor says. Only I'm sure he'll agree with me. Together, we carried the man down to the village. Luckily for us, he was a slight build, not too heavy. It took us almost half an hour to get him down there. When we finally did arrive, it took another few minutes to locate the doctor. What do you think, Doctor? Get them out of here. All right. Will you uh, please wait outside? The doctor can't work with you in here. He's just like all the others, ain't he, Doc? Please uh, wait outside. Thank what, you. What did he mean by he's just like all the others, Doctor? Just what he said. Ever since this fog has settled down again, five people have died. All in the same way? Yes. You, you mean by drowning? That's right. I can't understand how this man we found could die by drowning when he wasn't in the water. No, he reached him about a minute after he screamed. How could he drown? Professor Enroth, I've been asking myself that same question about all the others. I've been almost half insane these past two days trying to find the solution. Uh, Dr. Craig, this fog, has it always been like this in the area? No, not until about two months ago. Which coincides with the time we first discovered that new form of water life. What did you say? Uh, Nothing, Doctor. We're doing a little research work up here, that's all. This keeps up. I'm afraid of what might happen. I've never seen anything like it before. The fog, those deaths, how can they be explained? We don't know, Doctor. We just don't know. When we got back to the house, we discovered that Simpson had indeed taken a nap. Our arrival must have awakened him, for as we entered, he came slowly down the stairs from the second floor. Need any help? No, we can manage, but come out to the kitchen with us. What's the matter with you two? We found a dead man on our way to the village. Are you serious? Just set those bags on the table. All right. Well, I'm not joking, Arnold. We heard a scream. It took us about a minute to get to him. He was dead when we got there. A knife? Drowned. What? On dry land, 200 yards from the lake. You must be insane. No, it's the truth, Arnold. And there have been four other deaths just like it. When did they happen? In the last two days. Since the fog reappeared. That's right. Then there is a definite connection between this fog and the new life form you've discovered, Hal. That's right. But what's the connection? We'd gotten back to the house about six o'clock. It was about seven that it happened. Simpson said he was going outside for a minute. He opened the door. I just want to get outside for a minute. 
Good heavens. What's wrong? Take a look. Fog, it's so thick. I've never seen anything like that before. Shut the door. Some of it's getting inside. It's moving along the floor. Just Shut just the like... door! Did you see it? Yes. The fog. Just like it was alive. Moving like like a living thing. Creeping along the floor. When Simpson had opened the door, the fog crept into the house in little wisps that curled and snaked this way and that. It looked like a thing alive. You saw it, didn't you, Hell? Yes, I saw it. What does it mean? I'm afraid of what it means. You mean you... you know? I hope I'm wrong, but I'm afraid I'm not. It's just possible that this form of life is developed from something that was present in the water all the time. The great brute animals ruled the world before man appeared and then were destroyed. Eventually, mankind wrested the supremacy of the earth from the other animal and plant life. Perhaps the cycle is to continue. Perhaps, after man, this new form of life. As the minutes passed by, we noticed that little slips of the fog began inching their way through every opening of the house. It was Simpson who pointed down at the bottom of the door and first brought it to our attention. We began to plug up all the openings in the house. At first, we did it slowly, but as time passed, we worked faster and more feverishly. No matter how tired we became, we had to finish the job or the fog might claim the house, too. It was too quiet. The only thing we heard was the distant, monotonous call of the foghorn. And then Hal broke the silence. Do you know why this fog is so thick? I wish I did. This might be insane, but it has to be the answer. That fog is carrying moisture, a lot of it, perhaps enough to also carry this new form of life. To move it from place to place, to spread it even farther. To kill everything which stands in its way. That might be it. It is, I'm sure it is. Well, in that case, what happened to break it up the first time? And that's the solution to the problem. I don't know what it is, but it did break it up the first time. It drove it back, down to the depths from where it came. That's why there was no sign of it in the water. It came from right outside the house. Racco. He said he was going to arrive this evening. We'd better take a look. Uh, bring the flashlight. Right, let's go. That light doesn't carry more than a few feet. It's so wet out here. Over there, look. Little pinpoints of light dancing up and down, all clustered together. That must be it. Come on. It's spreading out. All right, look. There, on the ground. It's Racco. The same way. The same way as the other one. specks of dancing luminescence had withdrawn from Rakow's body, but now we noticed that there seemed to be more of them. We carried the body back to the house. We'd forgotten to close the door behind us, and some of the fog had gotten inside. It wasn't too bad, however, and little by little it began to disperse. Look out that window. Yes, I see them, gathering together with a whole mass getting larger and larger all the time, separating like the Hydra. It must be destroyed. Yes, but how? They created the fog. That must be the only way they can travel on land. They must have a basic water carrier. Have you realized what this means? What are you getting at? The area this fog now covers is a hundred square miles. Every animal in this area may lose its life. And then what happens? They divide again and again and again. And the area of the fog keeps getting larger all the time. If it isn't stopped now, while we still have a chance, it may never be stopped. And I ask you the same question, Simpson. How? I don't know. Someone's outside. Let him in quickly. They're moving towards the house. Oh, thank goodness. I didn't 
you think I'd make it? It's a miracle that you did. Sit down, doctor. Thank you. I was out in the call on my way back to town. I noticed how thick the fog was. And then I noticed the animals lying dead in the forest. The smell of their death was in the air. I continued on towards the town. And then I saw the bodies lying just where they had fallen. The whole town seemed to be covered by a strange luminescent mass which in some manner moved. I was afraid. Then I thought of you people in this house and I got here as soon as I could. I don't know how long we'll be able to withstand them, Doctor. I'm sure the townspeople are dead now. In fact, almost every living creature in the area must be dead. But what is it? What caused it? If we get out of this alive, Doctor, we'll tell you. Look outside. It must have split again. It's twice the size it was. What are we going to do? Look under the doorway. They're getting through. Plug it up. Use some newspaper. Close anything. We've got to stop it. Constant opening and closing of the door. Loosen the other things we have down there. I think that'll do. Look, the things that did get in. First you see their light and then they're gone. What happens to them? Perhaps we can't see them. Or perhaps they die. Hal, wait a minute. Your first letters to me mentioned the fact that the mist had been dispersed. What caused it? I don't know. Doctor, you're a native of these parts. Yes. I want you to tell me about anything unusual which happened that day. Well, I don't remember anything about that day particularly. I, I remember I was quite pleased to see that the fog had lifted. It was a beautiful day. Unseasonably warm. In fact, the, the sun was quite hot. Heat. I wonder if... If what, Jeff? These things, these hydra-type creatures must die in the heat. This house is quite warm. The day the fog was dispersed was warm with a bright sun. Perhaps that's the answer. Doctor, is there any fire break around this area? Well, there was one cut through the trees several years ago. Yes. In case of a fire, a bad one in the heavy timberlands, everyone was instructed to get into this area. In other words, there's a complete fire break around this entire area. Yes. It comprises about 150 square miles. Then that's it. It's the only chance we have. We'll burn out this area and hope it dries them back. There's some oil downstairs. Get it. We'll start the fire here and hope it sets fire to the trees surrounding this house. Be right back. We'll have to make a run for it once this place is on fire. We may not come out of this alive, but we can try. Everybody knows what... You'd better light it. Those things outside, they're going to get in. Each man will carry a torch. Yes. All right, light your torches. All right. And then set fire to this house. All right. Lighting mine. All right. And yours now. All right. One more. Right. Uh, Under the door. They're pouring in under the door. Set the house on fire. entire area was burned out. A week later, the smoke had cleared and the fire was out. There was no sign of the fog which had meant death to so many things. I had caught a glimpse of the doctor. He had dropped his torch and it had gone out. He was immediately engulfed in those luminescent killers. I'm going back up there with Enroth and Simpson. Though there is now no trace of those things in the water, still we know they lurk somewhere waiting for their moment. We must destroy them. Once and for all, before that moment arrives. So runs the tale of The Night the Fog Came. 
All characters and events portrayed on these programs are fictional, and any resemblance to places or actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Featured in this program were Harry Elders as Jeff Kellick, Richard Thorne as Hal Enroth, Jim Andelin as Arnold Simpson, and Sam Siegel as the Doctor. Original music moods were created and performed by Harold Turner. Sound effects by Lloyd Knight and Wayne Dickinson. Your announcer is George Bauer. These programs are directed by Leroy Oliger, written and produced by Richard Thorne. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more old-time radio. I hope you can join us then. Till then, this is Jim Dolan thanking you for listening.